Our scripture today is Mark 4, 26 through 29. You can find it in your bulletin, your Bible, or on the screen behind me. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone, again. Well, there's something, there's something mysterious about the way things grow, isn't there? I think when you think about the way things grow, um, there's mystery. There's mystery to it. Uh, just the, the nature of, of how living things grow, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, to the naked eye, in real time, we actually don't see things grow. We actually don't, we, it's, it's, things grow so slowly that we can't, we can't see them grow, actually. <clears throat> but if you were, um, you know, if you were to slow things down, you could, you could see the growth. We, uh, Suri and I had the, the wonderful opportunity when we moved over to West Africa. We got into our apartment, we discovered that right outside our balcony, there's uh, some trees there, and there was these African kites that had built uh, a nest, a big nest. African kites, think of like hawks, they're kind of like, a, kind of like a, some kind of bird of prey, but <clears throat> they built this nest, and they laid their eggs, and we had this wonderful opportunity to watch these little kites, baby kites, hatch out of their eggs and begin to grow, and then one day, I, I mean, I've never seen this except on TV, actually had the opportunity to see them start to flap their wings and just leap out of the nest. <laughs> and it, was, it was fascinating. It was, it was just amazing. Um, we had this front row seat. It was like, it was like being, you know, watching National Geographic. Um, you know, and I, I, have, I actually have another story about these birds. I'll, I could share it at another time. Uh, but I said, I said we watched these birds grow what we actually saw, though, were little frames, little, little freeze frames. Each morning, each day when we look out, we saw little, little frames of their growth. Um, to actually see living things grow, you need, we all know this, you need, you need time-lapse photography. And we, uh, I think a lot of us have seen this on TV. Um, you've probably seen little, little flowers, little plants begin to, to sprout out of the, the ground. And, and the, the, the time-lapse photography, they, you know, they, they speed it up so you can see the growth. But with our naked human eyes, we can't actually see that growth. Um, you know, I think we, we, we experience this too. We, we all have probably uh, nieces and nephews, we, you know, cousins um, that we might see once or twice a year, maybe less, maybe a couple times more. And, and we all know that when we see them, uh, each, the, each one of those times, we see how they grow, you know, because it's been like six months or nine months or maybe a year or longer, and you can see how they grow. Uh, but if you're, if you're one of their parents or one of their siblings, you don't observe the growth because you just, you see them every single day. You can't see them grow. Um, 
You know, living things grow this way. But also, non-living things grow in a way we can't see or observe. I was thinking about diamonds. You know, diamonds are, what are diamonds? They're, They're little crystals, carbon crystals, that are miles and miles down below the Earth's surface. And they're, they're shaped and formed by, by int- massive, intense pressure and heat. And then later, I, I was reading about this, they, they're, they're brought up to the surface through volcanic energy. And that's where we can mine them and get them out. But no one can see a diamond grow. <clears throat> a little bit closer to home, think about hurricanes. We all know hurricanes. I grew up in Florida. Um, if you grew up on the East Coast, you know hurricanes. <laughs> I didn't realize until I moved to West Africa that hurricanes actually start in West Africa. They're not hurricanes there, but what happens is, is there's, um, we, we live on the edge of the Sahara Desert, what's called the Sahel region, and around uh, August, you know, July, August, September, that's our rainy season. It's the only time it rains there. The rest of the year, it's very dry. But those rain clouds that dropped much-needed water on the parched surface of the land there, they actually, those rain, those rain clouds move off the coast, and eventually they start spinning, and they make their way over to the East Coast here in Florida and up the East Coast, and they become hurricanes. And they wreak destruction, we all know. I love to surf, so I get some benefit out of them. <laughs> you like to surf. But we don't really, it's, it's with the naked human eye, we can't see a, a hurricane grow, can we? We need, we need satellite photography. There's mystery to the way things grow. You know what else grows mysteriously? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. This morning we're going to look at at a, what's known as a, a parable of the kingdom, a parable of the kingdom. And this particular parable only occurs in Mark's gospel, and it's sandwiched between two other parables of the kingdom, two other parables of the kingdom, which actually mention seeds. Most people uh, at the time, living during the time of Jesus, they would have had some idea of what a kingdom was. They, they, had, a, they had an idea of what a kingdom was. But <clears throat> the kingdom that was taking shape around Jesus Christ was not going to fit their description. It wasn't going to meet their expectations. Jesus understood that, that the kingdom, his kingdom, <clears throat> was, going to, was going to need some explanation. He knew this. He, had, he was going to have to re-explain what a kingdom was. <clears throat> and so Jesus began several of his parables with the words, the kingdom of God is as if. The kingdom of God is as if. And, you know, Jesus was a master teacher. He was a master of the illustration. He was a master of analogy. And so he, he would use parables. And what a parable was is essentially taking uh, uh, mundane teaching about something in the world, a commonplace, something in the world, and filling it with spiritual meaning. And so we have the parables of the seeds The people of the time were familiar with seeds. It was an agricultural society. But for Jesus, the nature of seeds was particularly apt for explaining the kingdom of God. Their size, their growth, the way they grow, their nature, just everything about them would illustrate 
the kingdom of God. But the common expectation of the way a kingdom, the kingdom of God, was supposed to come was not going to correspond with the nature of seeds at all. Think about it. Seeds are tiny. They're tiny. You can, some of them, you can barely see them. And their growth is slow and mysterious. For the average Jew living in Roman Palestine, that was not how they were going to expect. That was not their expectation of the coming of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, uh, he was, he, you know, he was going to have to take this, this illustration of the seed and fill it uh, with new meaning, fill the idea of the kingdom with new meaning. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he told parables. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was, he was, as it, he was resetting, as it were, the, the expectations of what it was, what a kingdom was. And the question for us this morning, one of the questions for us this morning is how is Jesus' teaching of the kingdom going to reset our expectations of what the kingdom is? And the answer to that question isn't mere abstract theory. It's not just some theological musing. Understanding the nature of the kingdom of God could actually help you get a good night's sleep. <laughs> and we'll see what I mean by that. This parable is brief. It's super brief. It's almost, you can almost read right past it in the Gospel of Mark. So what is, exact, what, what is Jesus exactly trying to explain to us in this parable? Well, first, the kingdom of God grows mysteriously. The kingdom of God grows mysteriously. <clears throat> Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Bef before I go any further, uh, I should preface just whatever, whatever else I'm going to say. I'm not going to be able to solve definitively to everyone's satisfaction what the kingdom of God is. This is, this is a subject, a big theological subject. There's a lot, of, a lot of ink has been spilled on this. What exactly is the nature and the scope of the kingdom? Uh, but I'll just, I'll just offer, I'll take a stab at, at a brief, very brief definition that I think will help us this morning. Essentially, the kingdom of God is God's saving reign on earth. The kingdom of God is God's saving reign on earth. <clears throat> this reign powerfully and decisively broke into space and time in the person of Jesus Christ. And this reign presently continues until all of creation, every, every, all of creation, every, every aspect of creation comes under the sway the sovereign sway of King Jesus. Now, if that's true, if that last statement is true, um, this means that the kingdom of God is here already. I think Mark mentioned that in the time of worship. The kingdom of God is here now. It really is. Jesus is present with us in his reign through his spirit. But it also means something else. It means that the kingdom of God is not complete. It's going somewhere. It's not finished. And if you can grab a hold of that one thought, it'll, it'll go a long ways to explaining for you the rest of the New Testament. In fact, a lot of the New Testament, uh, <clears throat> understanding the rest of the New Testament, it, it hinges on understanding a lot of what the kingdom of God and what, what Jesus is up to Knowing that it's here, that it's now, it's come, 
but it's not yet fully realized. So, so just tuck that away. It's important to, to, to hold on to as you read the Bible. It also will help you, it helps explain a lot of what's going on around you just in day-to-day life. Why is there so much suffering? Why are, not, why are, things, uh, why are, why are things the way they are? You know, we know Jesus is reigning, we know God reigns, but why is the world the way it is? Why is my life so difficult? Why do I have so many issues? Why, 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 does, why is the church struggling in so many places? Why are there persecuted Christians? Why, why, why does, do Christians in Senegal sometimes receive uh, just all kinds of abuse and persecution? Well, it's because the kingdom of God is not fully complete yet. So it explains a lot. <clears throat> Jesus said, a man, a farmer, I need my glasses here. <laughs> Jesus said, a man, a farmer, goes out into his field and he scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows and he knows not How? In other words, the kingdom of God grows mysteriously, and it grows without the intervention of man. Now, just to, let me me explain that before we jump to too many conclusions. There is human initiative in the kingdom of God. We can't just say, oh yeah, the kingdom of God just comes and we don't have to do anything. No, there is human initiative. A man gets, uh, goes out onto his field and he scatters seed on the ground. Uh, A farmer has to wake up. He has to grab his pouch, put seeds in it. He has to go out of his house into the field, and he has to go out and start scattering seed on the ground. There is initiative. There is, there is activity. There is things that the farmer has to do. In ministry for us, there are things we have to do. We have to, we have to get on the phone and, and call people. We have to text. We have to set up a, a time to talk. We, we have to practice hospitality, invite people into our, our lives, our homes, we have to, when we lead a Bible study or, or, or preach or, or any, any kind of teaching, you pray, you study, you study hard, you prepare. There's a lot we do. If you're involved in ministry of service, of diaconal ministry, there's all kinds of planning and forethought that goes into serving the material needs of those uh, who are hurting, who are desperate. And we're all, hopefully all of us are involved in some type of ministry or another that's all kingdom type ministry and it all involves initiative and activity. But here's the point. The point is the kingdom of God doesn't depend on any of that activity. The actual growth of the kingdom of God is independent. It's totally independent. And so we we need to get perspective on what we're doing. We need to get perspective. In fact, according to this parable, the kingdom of God grows while we sleep. You ever think about that? The kingdom of God grows while we sleep. So what can we do? We just, we do what we can where we are in our place, in our context. We work, we pray. But everything, all of, all of what that serves is totally out of our hands. It's totally independent. We go about our day, we eat, we rest, we recreate, and then we sleep like the farmer. 
The earth produces all by itself. The word in the Greek in the original is automate. You can see immediately where we get our word automatic from. All by itself, automate. The, the, the earth produces automate, automatically. The farmer does absolutely nothing in the way of causing the seed to grow. The seed pulls in moisture and nutrients and <clears throat> it converts sunlight to energy. And before you know it, you have a little plant. <clears throat> now, we could, we could split hairs and we could say, well, you know, people actually do know how seeds grow. People have seen seeds grow. <clears throat> I, in college, I actually had a couple courses in botany and actually it can get very technical. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we, we can say, well, you know, botanists and horticulturists and people with plants, they know how seeds grow. But that's to miss the larger point. And the larger point is this, that seeds grow automatically. There's nothing the farmer does. There's nothing any of us do to make them grow. <clears throat> and the kingdom of God grows likewise in a way that's unknown to us. It's mysterious. What should knowing this do for us? <clears throat> well, it should comfort us. Knowing this can put us at ease. We don't know how. We don't see how it happens. We can't explain it. But it's okay because God does. He does know how. Even though it's maddening and mysterious to us how the kingdom grows, God knows how. In, in West Africa, I... I um, I so often find myself, um, it's, it's crazy, but you know, for, for those of you who are in ministry, um, whether it's full-time ministry or ministry through this church or in any type of ministry, um, a lot of times we try to control things, don't we? And I try to control things. I try to control ministry in West Africa. And that is a recipe for going insane. <laughs> That is a recipe for going insane because I can't control it. Um, recently, we, uh, Suri and I, before we came back, we just got back Friday night, uh, but we wanted to end our time before we came back on, on our home ministry assignment uh, with some good Bible studies, with a good large group meeting. We talked about that during the update. Uh, but, you know, and we had it all planned out as we usually try to do, and we, you know, you know, I had the Bible study planned out with Sebastian, um, the Senegalese pastor I work with, and we had the meeting space, and, you know, we had it reserved and all this stuff. <clears throat> and then, you know what happened? The students started setting fire to the university. <laughs> Senegal's been going through a lot of political instability, and uh, the students, um, they just started burning uh, some of the classrooms, buses, cars, um, the police, the gendarmerie, they, they intervened. The students started throwing rocks at them, burning tires. The police responded firing tear gas grenades, sound grenades. And uh, we live really close to the school, so tear gas started floating, in, floating into our apartment. <clears throat> and so just chaos, chaos broke loose two weeks ago in Senegal. And the university had to close down. And I realized that I lost all control. I lost all control. Because that, the university had become sort of like ground zero for all the mayhem. 
and I lost control. But you know what's comforting is that this parable, what this parable tells me is that even though I lost control and I never actually have control, none of us ever do in ministry, God is at work and God is making his kingdom grow mysteriously. Mysteriously. And there's consolation in that. There's hope in this parable. The kingdom is growing. Even when we don't know how, even when we're unaware of it, God is doing his mysterious, glorious work of establishing his reign in the hearts of Senegalese college students and in the hearts of you and your friends and those you're ministering to. And so we have hope. We have hope that God is at work. And even, but even in the frustration, the sometimes the sheer madness of all this, um, of losing control, we have the privilege of being servants of the kingdom, to do what God has given us each day. And in the mystery of not knowing how it's all going to turn out, we can have joy in the one who does know how it's going to turn out. We look to him, the Lord of the harvest, and the one who has promised his kingdom will come. So let's be at rest. Like the farmer who goes to bed at night, just go to bed. <laughs> Sometimes I have to force myself to go to bed. I, literally, I do. I, I have to force myself to go to bed. To let go of the day. There's enough trouble in each day. But there's a moment in each day when you say, enough for this day. And then you go to bed. And for the next six, seven, eight hours, you're effectively dead. You ever think about that? When you sleep, you're effectively dead. You're effectively dead to the world. You can't control anything when you sleep. But God never sleeps. He never sleeps. And he's always at work. The second thing we learn from this parable is that the kingdom grows incrementally. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain and the ear. It's incremental. Plants grow little by little. Everything grows little by little. Nothing organic grows all at once, and neither does God's kingdom. This is, this is helpful for me to realize because sometimes I have to realize that um, you, you, and, you and I, we are, we are a blip on the history of God's kingdom. We are a blip. You are a blip on the history of God's kingdom in Winter Park, in Orlando, in Central Florida. I am a blip on the ministry in West Africa. For all we know, God's kingdom might continue to go on in Central Florida for the next 1,000 years. Are you okay with that? Am I okay with that? That, that, that Jesus might tarry for another 1,000 years or more? I don't know. We don't know how long he's going to be. But we're a blip. We're not always there to see the harvest. 
There, much of what we do, Samuel Zweimer was a, a missionary, went off, went off to uh, the Arabian Peninsula. He worked for, I think, 40, most of his life, 40, 50 years. He never saw a convert. And I think the, the quote goes, as he, he, you know, someone asked him what he was doing. He's like, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sowing. I'm not sowing the seed. I'm not planting. I'm taking the rocks out of the field. I'm taking the rocks out of the field. And he took rocks out of the field for 40 years so that someone else might come along and reap a harvest. Are we okay with that? The disciples um, thought that Jesus was, most, most scholars think that, you know, in the New Testament perspective, most, most of the early Christians thought Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime, but he didn't. 2,000 years and counting, he didn't come back. But he is coming back. He is coming back. He will complete his kingdom. But the kingdom grows incrementally, and we're a blip. You're here Sunday morning. There's a lot of other places you could be right now. But praise God you're here. You've showed up. You're banking, as it were, your life on the fact that Jesus one day will come back. That Jesus lived and died and rose again and he's coming again. And you're staking all of that on that. And that's why you're here this morning. This is the dress rehearsal. Each Sunday when we worship is the dress rehearsal for the wedding feast of the Lamb that's coming. Praise God you're here. Praise God you're here. My third and final point is that the kingdom of God grows toward a goal. The kingdom of God grows toward a goal. The Lord Jesus, the one who came bringing in this sometimes maddeningly mysterious kingdom, is the one who assures us of its final glorious consummation. He, Jesus, the king of this kingdom, came to taste death, and he swallowed it. Jesus swallowed death. He swallowed it whole. He swallowed it for you and for me, for sinners. He is the king of this kingdom. He is the king, and he rose from his grave, triumphantly, gloriously. And he is coming again with his angels. He is coming. The kingdom is growing towards that goal. Unlike jazz, the kingdom of God resolves. (laughs) Jazz, you know, if if you like jazz, jazz doesn't resolve. It's, It's strange that way. The kingdom of God resolves. It will. One day, Jesus will come back with a sickle in his hand, and he will lay it to the crop, and he will bring a harvest. The harvest is coming. The kingdom moves towards this glorious consummation. Tomorrow, when you wake up, first go to bed tonight, (laughs) like the farmer. But tomorrow, when you wake up, Go out onto the field and throw seed into the field once again. 
through prayer and conversation and your hospitality, offering a word of encouragement, offering a Bible to a friend, and teaching the word, and whatever you do for the kingdom, go out knowing that God is with you, and throw the seed into the field again, and then go home and go to bed. Just go to bed, because the kingdom grows, and we know not how, and God never sleeps. So don't fret. I fret. I fretted a lot in West Africa these past few years. There's so much out of our control there, so much out of our control. <clears throat> Whatever that looks like for you, and it will look different for each of you, just know that, that Jesus reigns and he's coming back and he will bring his kingdom to, to this glorious end, this goal. He is coming again. <clears throat> Incidentally, if you're here this morning and you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, if, if when I say the kingdom of God and you're like, what is this guy talking about? Uh, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. But if something has grabbed your curiosity about what I'm saying about the kingdom, I want to encourage you to go to one of the pastors of this church, uh, to Brian, to Eric, uh, Mike, uh, the elders, or maybe even just someone next to you, just, just to ask, hey, what, is, what was he, can you explain to me a little more what, what this guy this morning who came, what he was talking about, the kingdom? Because here's the thing. The kingdom of God is, is a wonderful thing to talk about, but the, the, the most amazing, beautiful thing about the kingdom of God it's about the king of that kingdom. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you to find out who Jesus is. If you don't know, if you don't know who he is, I want to encourage you to ask someone here. Ask one of the pastors. Ask an elder or deacon. Ask anyone, and they'll, they'll find someone. Ask me. I'm, it's worth it. Don't leave here without knowing because Jesus came for you. He came to give his life. He rose again. He's coming again. And that's the message of his kingdom. He's bringing that salvation into our hearts. That's the message of the kingdom. And with that, we can go to bed at night knowing that he reigns and he's coming again. Amen. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father God, we uh, come into your presence this morning as you are the one who invites us. You are good. You are wondrous. And you sent Jesus, your son, who is the king, to announce your reign, that you are changing everything that you are changing everything and that you are bringing salvation through your death, Lord Jesus, through your resurrection. You have brought new life to us. You have brought a way for us to be pardoned from all of our sins, to be forgiven, to be justified, to be declared righteous in your sight. And we worship you this morning.
So Lord, would you take this, this word and would you take it to these living stones of your church here this morning? These, your living stones, would you take this word and make your house? Would you grow and build the house that you inhabit? And would you send each one of us out from here with the good news knowing that you, Jesus, are the king of your kingdom? And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.